0: to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 8. And I'm going to preach to you on the subject, God goes with us. God goes with us. How many believe that? God goes with us. It says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, and verse 8, and the Lord He it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I think we need to read that again. Let's read that together. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee fear not, neither be dismayed. Amen. Turn around someone near you. uh, Give them a high five, handshake, long distance, smile, whatever, and you may be seated. Praise God. God is good. God goes with us. So when we look at this scripture, we find that that in all of these things and the Lord it's talking about the Lord he it is that goes before thee so when you're walking in life's situations he's always ahead of us clearing the way making a way and it also says he will be with thee so he walks beside us whatever situation we're dealing with he's he's with us And he will not fail thee, he will be there to provide the things that we need in our life, even if the situation seems like it tends to go even further in the wrong direction, he will be there to supply the need. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not. So in our world of fear, there's a lot of fear going around, but we... The Bible says, fear not, neither be dismayed by all that's happening in our world or the situations we're dealing with today, each and every one of us. I know we all have battles, every one of us, and we have to get through those battles and we have to deal with those things. But there's, there's some things that we in life hold on to and some things we discard. I know that, that, that in life, uh, especially in the days we're living in now, uh, it, that there are items that we use and we use every day and there's other items that we th- discard we throw out i remember years ago at my grandmother's house in southwest missouri uh, that you know, out on the farm and in the hills uh, you could see farms that they, things that would get wore out they would just roll it down the hill and uh, discard it and uh, at times they were They were treasures to me as a young man to be able to go down and look at some of these things that they discarded. I know if you've ever been to Haiti, Haiti is a place that they can look at that discarded metal scrap pile, and they will look at it like that is a treasure chest of great, valuable things, and they will take that, and they'll make something out of it. Uh, A lot of the items that they have are just old, discarded pieces of metal that they formed it into something and made art out of it, painted it and sold it on the, on the streets. So uh, there's some things we keep and we hold on to and some things we discard. And, and it, uh, sometimes we don't even discard things that don't work anymore. It's not because it doesn't work anymore that we throw it out. In our world today, and I think it's, it's, it's just the way uh, business is operated that they change the styles of everything for a purpose so that you will get tired of the styles, even though it still works, and you'll throw it out and you'll buy something new. So you've got a constant purchasing and purchasing of, of goods. Uh, I've told my sons that they need to hold on to their old clothes because, trust me, they will come back uh, in, into style again. Fads come, fads go, but it seems like that the fads keep coming back And I I look at some of the clothes that people wear today and it was stuff that I used to wear when I was a teenager. And uh, you know, Converse, All-Star, Chuck Taylor. You you realize Chuck Taylor's got his name signature on it. Those those, uh, All-Star Converse tennis shoes. And uh, I see young people wearing the low low ones. I see them wearing the high tops. Uh, You know what? You, you don't want to be like old people. Guess what? I'm almost sixty years old. You're wearing stuff that I used to wear. <laughs> so you, you're, you're just following in the footsteps. I, I've I, I've I've led the way, and now you're following in that same footsteps, whether you like it or not. But some things still work. We still throw it out because we just want something upgraded. We need a new style. We need a new design. We need something that is that looks fresh and modern. Well, sometimes it's, it's, it's all going back to what Ecclesiastes said. It just all comes and goes and comes back around and life is vanity. But you see, um, we, we, we do know that, that uh, when we discard things, uh, I've heard here recently, even with our yard sale, that, that goodwill is a great place to discard things. And uh, how many have discarded something at goodwill? Probably everybody at some point. You just take it over, drop it off, and they're so happy to get it, and you're so happy to get rid of it. Uh, you just drop it off. But goodwill is a blessing to mankind in some ways. It's good, and it's a blessing in the dropping off. But it's to me, it's not always the blessing in the picking up and the shopping, which I know I'm, get, I'm getting on some things here that the ladies are not real happy with, I'm sure. But, but uh, I like to drop off, not always like to purchase, unless it's at Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's. But you see, we're living in a world that we discard things. We, we put things out. We take things in. We change, and we go through the new styles, the new fads. Things come and go. Uh, the thinking of today's world, of course, lacks in a lot of ways a true commitment a true commitment Uh, it's easy to just get floated around by everything that that just flies in and we just get caught by the wind and carried away even the bible talks about that uh, being grounded in truth and grounded in the word of god but not blown around by every wind of doctrine that flows around but the thinking of our world today, it does lack true commitment. True commitment to, to uh, uh, family, true commitment to friends, true commitment to, to uh, communities, and uh, true commitments to ideologies and, and biblical principles. But a lot of times they pick it up and they lay it down. They pick it up and lay it down. It's not a true commitment to it. But the results of pleasing self and pleasing flesh is the ways of the world. It is the thinking of the world. It, a lot of this is all about just making sure I'm happy, I'm taking care of, pleasing the flesh, pleasing self. So that's the reason why these driven fads blow around all in our world. And you know, I, I, I'm into style. I, I like style. I know you might not think that by looking at the way I dress. Uh, but I do like style. I do like things that change. I do like certain things, but yet there is a commitment in our lives that we need to commit to, and that is God. We need to commit to his ways and to his word. His word is truth. But sometimes people get bored. They get bored and move on to something new because they're bored. There was a man in talking about commitment. His name was uh, John Huss. Uh, the Bohemian reformer, many years ago, uh, he was a man who believed the Scriptures uh, to be infallible and supreme authority in all matters, and he actually was so committed to the Bible and to committed to the Word that he died at the stake for that belief in uh, uh, in a, uh, in Germany on his 42nd birthday. As he refused a final plea to renounce his faith in God, uh, Huss's last words were this What I taught with my lips, I seal with my blood. He was totally committed to, to his faith in God, even to the point of giving of his life at the stake, as he gave his life. Uh, to take a stand and commitment. That's quite a commitment to give your life to it. You see, that's what God wants us to understand. He was committed to us when he went to the cross and shed his blood for us and was crucified upon the cross. He He gave his life for us because he was committed to his love to us. Some say, and even the Bible uh, expresses the thought that he could have called 10,000 or more angels to come and take him off of the cross and deliver him from that sacrifice. But no, he was committed to it when he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and he began to cry out, uh, let this cup pass from me. But when he said that, he also, that was his flesh crying out because there were times that Jesus's flesh cried out. But yet he also said, Father, uh, let this cup, Cup cast passed from me, but yet he said, Not my will, but thy will be done. He began to take that commitment of love. It was a love commitment. Yes, he didn't even have to call the angels to take him off the cross, that sacrifice, but it was his commitment to his love to you and me that took him to the cross. He was committed to it. He gave everything for it. And what he desires for his people, he desires us to be committed to the cause of Christ. He wants us to walk in his word and live according to his word. Amen. David was a man of commitment to God. He, 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 all, we also find in the scriptures that God was committed to him. And he was God was committed to David because David, uh, because his love for him. But he was committed to the Lord also because he was a man after God's own heart. He connected to the Lord in that commitment. It says in 1 Chronicles fourteen eight through seventeen. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel all the Philistines went up to seek David. And David heard of it and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Riphaim. And there was a battle that was getting ready to rage. And David, he began to inquire of the Lord because he was committed to the directions and guidance of the word of God. And he asked the Lord, should I go? Should I stay And of course he inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines and wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, go up and I will deliver them into thine hand. So what he did, he obeyed the commandment of the Lord and went up to the battle against the Philistines because in everything that he did, he was committed to finding the direction of God. And the Lord said unto him, Go up, and I will deliver them into thine hands. So they came up, and David smote them there. Then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies, mine hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place Belperzim. And then it goes on and says, And when they had left their gods there, who? Not David. David never left his God anywhere. He took his God with him. Matter of fact, God was always, as the Scripture we read, He's always with us. He will never fail us. He will never let us down. He will go before us. He will help us in our times of trouble. So it says, and when they had left their gods there, it wasn't David, it wasn't Israel, it was the Philistines. You know why? Because their God had failed them. It was easy for them to not be committed to their gods of idols that they had carried with them, thinking that that was going to carry them through battle. And, but they, when the battle was over with, they left their gods there on the battlefield. And what David did, he gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore David again in his commitment to the Lord he inquired of God. What should I do Lord? Should I go up? And God said unto him go not up after them. And turn away from them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry. When you hear the sound. And the mulberry trees, that, that then thou shalt go out to battle, for God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. So David therefore did as God had commanded. And they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gazar. And the fame of David went out into the lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. You see in this story, you can see a difference between those that are committed to their God and those that are not committed to their God. To those that are not committed to their God, it's going to be, I'll take him when I need him, I'll leave him, on the shelf when I don't need him. I'll leave him behind when I don't need him. But with David, it was a God that was there for him through battles, through thick and thin, through the heartache, through the victories, and he took him with him wherever he went, in the battlefield, at home, wherever he was at. It was the times of his life that he valued the commitment to God. You see, the value of God to those committed to him, they they don't leave him behind in the time of hurt, in the time of pain, in the times of seeming defeat. They don't leave him behind. You see, God will never leave you or forsake you, so why should we ever leave God behind? That's the struggle that people have in our world, and even people that that claim to live for God is because they'll pick Him up when they need Him, when I've got a sickness, when I've got a struggle, when I've got a pain, when I've got things are not going well. I'll pick Him up and I'll pray and I'll seek Him. But when I, things are going good and I've got everything on the right path, we think then we tend to lay him down and leave him aside, put him on a shelf somewhere, forget him until it's time that I need him again. That's not what God wants. He's wanting a commitment because God is committed to us every day. When you're on the job, he's there with you. When you're walking in the mall, he's there with you. When you're at the grocery store, he's there with you. He's there going before you. Amen. He's with you. He's committed to you. He's helping you he's he loves you and that commitment of love is what keeps him with you at all times it's the same thing with us we need a commitment of love to the lord we need to walk with him every day even israel was committed to god even when they were in captivity the bible says in the book of psalms 137 1 through 6 it says by the rivers of babylon there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. Probably one of the hardest times for Israel was in captivity. But it goes on and says, For there they carried us away captive, required of us a song. And they that wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But they said, how? How? Shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land?" If I forget, listen to what it says here, in their commitment to the Lord. If I forget that thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Even in the points of the deepest, darkest times of Israel's existence in captivity, they were committed to pray toward Jerusalem. They were... Com- they were committed to not forget Jerusalem because they knew that their God was a deliverer and he would not leave them behind and he would not leave them to where they cannot have help. They knew where their help came from. I'm talking to a congregation here today that we cannot leave God aside in the midst of what seems to be a battle that is defeated. We need to pick him up. We need to keep him with us. How do you do that? We keep him with us in prayer. We keep him with us in worship. We keep him with us as we come and committed to his house, the house of God. Because the thing about it, my commitment is a love commitment to him. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we don't fall. Doesn't mean we don't struggle at times but it means that I know my help comes from him I'm going to lift up my head to the Lord he is my help and my strength and my hope amen the heathen pick up their gods when they think they need him they discard them when they when they're ready to move on to something else they get bored idols are false a false sense of security a lot of things, things that get between us and God are idols, but they get to the point where they use it for a while, they get bored with it and cast it aside. There's a lot of gods, so-called gods in this world but that, that show forth a false security, but there's only one. There's only one God of all creation. He is the God of hope. He is the God of joy. He is the God of peace. Amen. What God desires for his people is to walk with him every day. Include him in your life. Allow him to be a part of it. Amen. And when we're going through struggles of life, let me not leave you out, God, and try to do it on my own. (laughs) Amen. The difference in true committed believers and casual believers is that we need God every moment of every day. <laughs> Even in captivity in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Daniel, we know that story very well. Daniel was a very faithful man, he had God with him. He was in captivity, along with Israel, they were in captivity. But in Daniel chapter 6, it says, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. The Lord had elevated him in a higher position, and he was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit was in him. He allowed God to be a, he was committed to God, even when he wasn't in Israel, in, in the land of promise. He was in captivity in a strange land. But his excellent spirit did not leave him. Wherever he was at, wherever he went, he carried and allowed that excellent spirit to be a part of his life because he was connected and committed to God. That excellent spirit doesn't just come just because we're a good person. It comes because we're committed to God and the power of his spirit. But he had an excellent spirit in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion with Daniel. They started getting jealous. Jealous is as cruel as the grave, the Bible says. They were jealous about Daniel because he was finding favor. That favor was coming because of the presence of God, the power of God, the excellent spirit that was within him. But they were trying to find a reason to find error or fault in him. So they went to the king and said, Why don't you make a decree? A decree that no one's going to pray to any other God except, uh, except the, the God that we say. But the Bible says we, sh- we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. They knew that they were up against a problem because he was so committed to the Lord that if we could ever find an error or fault in Daniel. It says here, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. It evidently showed forth out of Daniel's life that he was committed to the cause of Christ, cause of God. It was there in his life. It was an excellent spirit. So they came up with this design plan they came up with this plan to make a decree and when it came time for Daniel to not pray to his God like he always did he was committed to it every day but the bible says now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed and that if he was going to pray to his God they're going to take him away to some prison somewhere that he knew that it was signed he went into his house it did not change his commitment to God he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a fourth time. Nothing changes to those that are committed. Circumstances change, struggle comes, life changes, but to a committed child of God, amen, nothing changes. We still pray. We still seek God. We still come to the house of the Lord lift our hands. Struggles there uh, but we still worship even when the times of struggle and the times of victory the committed still are committed to God. And that's what Daniel did. It got him into a big trouble. Got him into a tough situation but he was so committed to God. It was God that delivered him from the den of the lions it's, it was God that closed the mouth of the lions it was God that protected him it was God that kept him because of a commitment to the Lord what God's saying here today through his word is that we will commit to him of course he's going to commit to us whether we commit to him or not but if we commit to him we will see God come through for us in the darkest times Will it be said that we will be found in the presence of the Lord? That's the way it was with Daniel. They knew. Certain times of the day, if you want to find Daniel, he's going to be praying. He's going to be seeking God because of his commitment. Let it be said about Pastor Burke. It would would probably save you time if you're trying to find me to let it be said Pastor Burke, Sister Burke, if you want to find us, let us find, be found in the presence of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let, let us be found in the presence of the Lord. If it be said about Landmark Worship Center members, uh, if you want to find us, let us be found in the presence of God. We're committed to the cause of Christ. And there's so many examples in the Bible that talk about this commitment of people in the word of the Lord. It was Bethel, the house of God. The true way to... Uh, to to build a, a relationship with God is find yourself at Bethel. Find yourself at the house of God. Abraham built an altar there during a great famine. He wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. Jacob found Bethel during struggle with his brother Esau and, and, and God gave him a dream. It was because of his commitment at that time to the Lord. It was David that kept his commitment to God during the struggle. And you see how God delivered them and set them free God's calling landmark to a commitment that goes beyond any other situation that comes in life life is going to happen no matter if you're living for God or not but living for God makes it so much easier to live in a way of peace and joy and happiness and to be able to walk in the spirit of God Amen God's with you God's helping you God goes before you God is strengthening you. Commit to him and great things will happen in your life and my life. The end results of finding God in the midst of struggle is the ultimate victory. Daniel in the lion's den. Can you imagine? Anybody uh, here lately been thrown in a lion's den? Yeah, I heard one. It might not be a literal lion's den of lions that roar but it's sometimes people throw you in a lion's den don't leave God behind there when your when your victory is on its way don't don't feel like all is lost hold on to God he's there he's gone before you he is with you and he's helping you you see the Lord raises raises up those that have their hearts desired toward God and God even goes before us in the middle of the wilderness, in the midst of the biggest struggle of our lives. In Exodus chapter thirteen, verse twenty through twenty-two, it says, "And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud." This is the children of Israel in, in, in the wilderness. The Lord went before them in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night a pillar of fire to light the way, to give them light, it says, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He was faithful. He was, God was committed to the children of Israel. Not only do we take God with us, but he goes with us in the midst of the battle. He's with us through the wilderness. He's with us through the struggle. Whatever you're faced with today, God understands it. He wants to be there to help lift us up and encourage us through those struggles. But as you stay committed, it might be the darkest trial of your life. It might be the darkest struggle of your life. But I want you to understand that God is with you. Find how great victories come as you're committed to God. What is it to be committed to God? To be committed to his presence. Wherever his presence is, I want to find myself there. Abraham found himself at Bethel, which is the house of God. Jacob found himself at Bethel, which is the house of God. David found himself... In the presence of the Lord, even out as he was taking care of the sheep, God was there for him. The Hebrew children, which we've talked about here recent, even found him in the midst of a fiery furnace because they were committed to the Lord. He was there with them and delivered them, and not even the smell of smoke was on their clothes or their hair because of a God that cares. If you're, going to find, if you're going to find someone, I pray that the church will be found in the presence of the Lord. God is there in the midst of the hardest battle, but let God find you there with Him, committed to Him and His cause in the darkest hours. God simply wants you to be a part of Him and Him be a part of you. There are a lot of things that happen in this life, a lot of fears. There's a lot of fear going around in our world today. People are so struggling in so many different ways. But yet, to the children of God, they're committed to the Lord. There's no reason for us to fear. God's got this. God's got us covered. And God wants to help us through those struggles of times of of great difficulty. Things you can't fix yourself. He's there. He's just a prayer away. He's there. He's just a, a calling upon him. Calling upon his name in prayer. I'd like for us to stand here today. And I want us to go to the Lord. Understand He's with you right now. What are you faced with? What battle are you faced with right now? Does it look like there's no hope for it being fixed? If you believe the Word of God, you have to understand that God is not going to leave you or forsake you. God is not going to leave you behind. He's going before you. He's laying out the pathway right now for your life to help you to get through this battle, this struggle you're faced with. Going back to Deuteronomy 31 and 8, and the Lord, He it is. And I'm talking to all of our lives here today. And the Lord, He it is that doth go before thee. He's going before us. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed, because we know God's got this. God's got this want to open up our altars right now for us to just have a time of prayer i want you to come to this altar and all of those things that you're holding in your arms and weights that are weighing on your heart your soul right now i want you to just lift it up to god lift your hands lift your voice lift it up to god right now give it to him you might not be able to fix it But God is not going to fail you and let you down. He's going to take care of it for you. He's going to help you through it. Lift it up to the Lord here today. Lay it on an altar. The Bible says, cast your cares upon Him for He careth for you. Let's do that right now. Just give it to God.